Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, You know, uh, we used to do marriage counseling. We gave that up. (laughs) But uh, it was pre-marriage counseling. And one of the... um, one of these messages, uh, the guy that was talking on the video said that there's two types of people. There are basement people and there are balcony people. The basement people are those that when you come by, they're always trying to pull you down. Trying to pull you down, trying to bring you down to their level. But then there's also the balcony people. They're trying to lift you up. They're trying to pull you up. You can do it. Keep on going. You're going to make it. So the question I have for you today is, are you a basement person or are you a balcony person? And if you're a basement person, you can change into a balcony person. But the first thing you need to realize is that God is a balcony God, because the scripture says that he lifts us up. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. He also said that we are raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. I want to say this this morning, and I, I, might have, I think I mentioned it last week, that I feel like I am a Barnabas preacher. A Barnabas preacher, Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. He is an encourager. I, uh, I went to a church when I was a young man, and also uh, later on after I got married, we went back to this preacher, uh, pastor, and, uh, well, in the latter years, he, he was a browbeater. You know, just... Bam, you know, if you didn't show up on Saturday night prayer meeting, bam, and we showed up and bam, you still got browbeat, you know. And and uh I remember my sister went there went there one time and she was a smoker, you know. And uh he said <laughs> I thought it was funny, but uh and I'm not saying that, I'm just saying what he said. But he said, uh, oh, poor cigarette, fire on one end, a fool on the other, you know. Boy, my sister said, I'm never going back to that church. Never going back. Well, I don't want to browbeat people. I want to lift people up. I think there was a song years ago. Uh, it goes, oh, yeah, it was um, oh the guy that did Ancient of Days, I forget, you know, Ron Cannoli. Well, he did a song, lift him up, his name be lifted higher, lift him up. And so as we lift him up, we are also lifted up. 
So, but I am going to say some things today that might seem like I'm putting you down, but I'm not. Everything I say today is to lift you up. I want to talk about the confessing church, the confessing church. And let me just give you a few scriptures to let you know that God is always wanting to empower you. Turn to somebody and say, you're empowered. Scripture said, Jesus said, uh, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost or after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. So God wants to empower you. If you've, if you've received Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit, you have a power within you that is able to bring about the will and the purpose of God. And the will and purpose of God is always good. Say good. God is good and his mercy endures forever. We also know this, that the scripture says um, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you think that, that the greater one is greater than depression? Do you think the greater one is greater than poverty? Do you think the greater one is greater than fear? Do you think the greater one is greater than sickness? The Bible says that the Bible says that he will be with us always even unto the end of the earth. So the empowering one is with us always to lift us up. Now I'm not saying that we're not going to have to go through things. How many of you been through I've been through, gone back through, and then come back through again. But bless God, I'm still here. And so are you. I, you know, I, we could all, you know, I, I, the, the, sad, the, the, the thing about me is I was a sailor. And I still have sailor thoughts. But I am going to say a sailor thing. <laughs> We could all sit around here and cry in our beer. <laughs> or we could get up and realize who we are in Christ. We can move forward in the name of Jesus. I used to, instead of after I got saved, I decided, well, I can't drink beer anymore. So, well, yeah, you can. Well, I remember I, I was pastoring at the time and a woman came over to my house and she was trying to uh, say it's all right for her to drink, you know. And, and I said, well, I said, what would you do? And I just cut the, mowed the lawn on an August day in Missouri. Missouri. It was a miserable time in Missouri. And so I was hot. I had on bib. I had on overalls, and um, you know, farmer overalls. And uh, I said, "Well, what would?" Because she had just drove up. I said, "Well, what would you do if I was sitting here on the front porch with a Budweiser in my hand, which was my beer choice at the time? Not not at the time, but before." <laughs> This is called confession, true confession. <laughs> but anyway, she said, oh, no, pastor, you can't do that. You can't do that. I said, well, if I can't do that, neither can you. 
Hallelujah. Empowering. I want to empower you today. We're, going to talk, we're talking about the confessing church. Everything I'm telling you today is to empower you. All right. Well, in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulders and his yoke shall be, uh, and his yoke from off his neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Wow, that's really it's been said in the past, uh, quoting the scripture, that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And if you don't know what a yoke is, not an egg yoke. A yoke was a wooden implement that was put upon oxen to pull, uh, pull a cart, pull a plow, pull, but it, it was a burden upon the beast. And so if you have a yoke upon you, Jesus said, I want you to take my yoke because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're under, if you're a Christian and you're under a heavy burden, you've got the wrong yoke on. You've got the wrong yoke on. Jesus said, or the scripture says, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And you say, oh, pastor, I wish I was anointed. You are anointed. Do you know that the scripture says in 1 John that you have an anointing, you as a Christian have an anointing from the Holy One. It's not just the preacher that gets up here and spits spitballs at you as he's preaching. When I was, a kid, when I was younger, I used to see my pastor. He was in his 60s. That old guy. And I would watch him because I'd sit on close to the front and he would get this white ball would, would form on the edge of his mouth. And then all of a sudden it would, it would pop out and you'd, you know. And so now that I'm 60, I see these spitballs going out of my mouth. That's what you get for making fun of old people when you're young. I didn't make fun of him. I wouldn't dare. But anyway, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. What's anointed? We know that Christ is anointed because the word Christ means anointed one. It means anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. Christ is anointed. Well, did you know that also his word is anointed? The word of God is anointed. You know, somebody might say, well, you know, you, you might uh, say a scripture, well, I don't believe in the Bible. Well, that's all right. Keep saying it. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It doesn't matter whether, you know, it doesn't matter whether people believe in God or not. He's not going away. God is, does not go away because people don't believe. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, let God be true and every man a liar. You know, there was a portion in time where maybe you didn't believe in God. Did he go away? No, he kept after you. He says, he says I, have, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Think about that. 
Now Mark here, he puts his arm around Donna and he says, I love you with an everlasting love. What would that do to her? She's either thinking he is crazy or, but, or it's going to touch her heart. Well, God doesn't say things just to fill up a book. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. That's what God says to you. I love you with an everlasting love. And then all of a sudden you start think of you start thinking of all the things you've done and all the things you've all the wrong things you do and how could he love me because he is love. God doesn't have love, he is love. And so he's reaching out to you. And so not only again are is Christ anointed, his word is anointed, but you are anointed in 1 John 2, 20 and 27. It says that. But also in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is within you. If you're anointed, and we know the Bible says that you are anointed, you're a Christian, you have the anointing in you, then sometimes you have to stir it up. You know, my family likes to ask me to cook things a lot. And one of the favorites is chili. Like Erin was saying a while back, she says, you know, I'm kind of hungry for some chili. That wasn't a statement. That was a request. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry for some chili. Well, you know, when you cook your chili, you know, I've only done this one time that I can remember. But I made some chili, and I forgot about it. It's on the stove. And oh, man, I went in, and it was stuck. There was, a, there was about that much on the bottom that was burnt to the pan. But you know what? I'm not going to waste that chili. So I scrape off what's, you know, and it was okay. But you know what? You have to continually stir it up. If you don't stir it up, then you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. Well, I feel like I'm burnt out. Well, have you been stirring it up is my question. I'm burnt out. I can't take it anymore. You haven't been stirring it up. Stir up the gift of God that is within you. I'll have to I wasn't going to say this, but I might as well. But I was in bed, minding my own business. It was 3.30 in the morning, and God wakes me up. You know, and it, fortunately, I woke up in a good mood. I mean, it wasn't a good mood, but I wasn't angry that I was awakened. So I, I woke up, and God just kept saying to me, I love you. I love you. And I just let him do it. I let him do it. I kept, and then, you know, and then he would speak scriptures to me. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the Son of God, sons of God. In other words, we need to continue to look at the thought, uh, at the truth that God loves us. 
Some people say, well, I heard that message a long time ago. It's not a message, it's a truth. God loves you. He loves you. You know, uh, I like Billy Joel, some of his songs. But he, he wrote a I think the title of the song is, I Love You Just the Way You Are. Don't want pleasant conversation. Uh, don't you worry, <laughs> whatever. I like that song. And I listened to the whole song, and it's, man, most of it's all good. There's one little part I didn't care for, but, but God loves you just the way you are. Don't be like my dad. I was going to pray for him. His back was hurt, you know. And I said, well, I can pray for you. So, so I started to pray for him, and then all of a sudden he leaves. I said, where are you going? He said, I got to spit out my tobacco. I said, well, God knows you got tobacco. Let's just pray for you. He says, well, I think I have a better chance if I get rid of it. <laughs> but you know, we're trying to clean it up. We're trying to clean it up before we get something from God. God wants you now. He can clean you up. Have you ever seen a fish cleaning itself? Before the fisherman catches, have any of you gone fishing and pulled a fish out already clean? No, you never pull out a fish that's already clean. You got to clean it after you catch it. Well, God is going to clean you after He catches you. Hallelujah. Anyway, so I'm talking about the confessing church. The word confession. You know, the New Testament was written in Greek. And uh, the word for confession means to say the same thing. Say the same thing. So in other words, when we confess, we say the same thing that God says. Now, if you're saying, I'm stupid and never, uh, I'm stupid, or you're saying to your kids. Because I can't even tell you what my dad said about me. The nicest thing he ever said to me <laughs> was, you better marry a banker's daughter because you ain't going to make it. <laughs> How would you like that for an encouraging word? <laughs> well, I didn't marry a banker's daughter, but we're still doing okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God is always wanting to lift you up. He, If you are... If you are criticizing yourself or you are criticizing others, you are not saying the same thing as God's saying. Thank you, Jesus. So, again, whether it's... So when we confess, we're saying the same thing God says, okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter, chapter 5 and verse 24. This is talking about when you bring your gift to church or the altar and you're offering your gift and you remember somebody has something against you. Anybody have anything against you? Might not be true. It might be, it might be all totally false, but somebody's got something against you. 
Have you ever hurt anybody? And these halos are so bright, I can't. (laughs) Have you ever hurt anybody? Not I'm saying on purpose. It might not even be on purpose. It could be that they wear their feelings on their sleeve or whatever, whatever that means. But you've hurt somebody and then you go and you're wanting to worship the Lord and then all of a sudden a thought comes to you. That I, I, I think I did something. Well, God didn't say take your gift and leave. He says leave your gift at the altar and then go make it right and then come back and offer your gift. So in other words, Jesus saying is our relationship with others will determine our worship to God. If I do not, if I am a, if I, if I'm trying to get into the Christian mind. <laughs> if I am a guy that is always ridiculing people, it will hinder my worship with God. Hallelujah. But if I am a, you know, praise is not just praising God. You know, you can praise other people, make them feel good. And God's good with that. God's good with that because he does it all the time. He says, but he goes on to say, he says, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Now, I had a problem with this next verse for a lot of years. But it says, agree with your adversary quickly. Agree with my adversary? Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, you be cast into prison. Verily or truly I say unto you, You will by no means come out till you have paid the utmost farthing. Whoa, that's pretty pretty serious. Agree with your adversary. Well, who is... uh, Let's think about this for a moment. Who is your spiritual adversary? Who? The enemy. God's not our enemy. Satan, the devil, demons, evil spirits, they are our enemy. You say, well, I don't want to agree with them, but what if I do something? What if I have sinned? Anybody sin anymore? You know, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis said there's a whole lot of shaking going on. But sometimes there's a whole lot of sinning going on. So, now, now I'm, this is not a message of condemnation. But if we do sin and we don't confess it, say the same thing that God says. Because God says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That doesn't take years. 
That doesn't take months. That, that is milliseconds if we are true to our heart, if we are true to God and we do something, we should immediately confess it. I can't always admit that I was a quick confessor, especially if I wanted to punish somebody. Ah, you, guys, you guys are acting like, oh man, what's wrong with him? I'm not the only one. The Bible says there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. I guess women are in there too. I wouldn't look, I'm not looking at anybody directly. I'll go over here in case you guys feel. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will, who with the temptation will also make a way of escape so that you can get out of it. And the, and the way of escape is if I fall to it, I confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me my sin. He cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I'm back in right fellowship with him, and I go on and forget the past. I forget the past. Let me just say this. If you have a hard time forgiving other people of what they've done for you, it's going to be a hard time for you to forget what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. So our relationship with others affects our fellowship with the Heavenly Father. Again, our enemy, our adversary is the enemy. Okay? The Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. If he tells us not to give place to the devil, then it is possible for us to do it. Give no place to the devil. Why? Why can't I entertain him? He's kind of fun sometimes. Because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I don't know about you, but sin was fun. I did, a, I did a lot of sinning I thought was fun. But sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy you. So if we give place to the devil, we open ourselves up for destruction. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wipes out he wipes out the transgression. As a matter of fact, the weakest thing, the weakest point in God and the strongest, the strongest thing the devil did and the weakest thing that God did destroyed the enemy's power over you. God became his weakest when Jesus went to the cross. Hell was rejoicing when Jesus was hanging on that cross, but they didn't realize that was their defeat. Because the just died for the unjust. And when the just died for the unjust, then all of the injustice that the unjust did was wiped clean and we became just. We became righteous when the righteous died for our sin. 
Woo! Somebody say, God's good. Let me just say this. We are empowered to walk in holiness and righteousness. We are weakened when we refuse to bring things to the light. You know, the enemy tries to put shame on us. And we are afraid to bring things to the light because of shame. But anything that remains hidden is an empowerment to the enemy. Anything we bring to the light destroys his power over us. I hope I'm not talking in riddles. Does it seem clear? Okay. So confession. Confession brings the hidden things of darkness to the light. Satan's bondage is broken over over you as you bring what's in the darkness to the light. Satan, you know, uh, Melody used to live in uh, D.C., Alexandria, Virginia, which is a suburb of D.C. She lived in these apartments, and um, there was cockroaches in the apartment. They're about that big. And, you know, uh, you'd call up the management. They'd come and spray. Well, then they would move from your apartment to the next apartment until then they called, and then they got sprayed, and then they'd come back to your apartment. But you know the funny thing about cockroaches? They come out in the dark. They come out in the dark. But as soon as you turn on the light... Man, they scatter. You want to see the enemy scatter? Turn on the light. Because demons are just like cockroaches. When you turn on the light, they scatter. Well, the scripture says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the, and the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. The scripture also says, thy word is a lamp, a light unto my feet, it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if I put the word there, if I have the word as, a, as an integral part of my life and I am confessing that word, then those demons run like cockroaches because they love the darkness. He also says, uh, anybody ever read the Psalm? Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus said that, uh, speaking of the church, uh, he washes us with the water of the word so that we would be a church without spot or wrinkle. In Proverbs chapter 18, or not 18, 28, verse 13, he says, he who covers his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. How many of you want to prosper? Well, the prosperity message is don't cover it. Bring it to the light. Bring it to the light. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. I love this. It says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness and the forbearance and, and God's long-suffering? not knowing that it is the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. That is why I never try to browbeat people. 
I never try to put them down. I'm always trying to lift them up because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. You know, if I had a dad that, you know, that when he came home, he'd reach out his arms and love me and hug me, I'd be, uh, I'd have a tendency to come to him. But if every time he comes home, he's looking for a chance to whip the tar out of me. He didn't use tar, but anyway. <laughs> he would whip me. I would stay away from him. But God is not like that. It is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. What kind of a God are we preaching? Thank you, Jesus. In James chapter four, 5, verse 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven. You know, I'm sure the statistics change over the years, but I heard at one time 86% of people in the hospital have psychosomatic disease. In other words, the disease or their sickness originates in their mind because of what they're thinking. Now, it could, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. So if I'm thinking in line with what God says, I think I have a better chance of receiving health. But notice what he says in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. Now, I preached this years ago in the fire hall. And one guy said, he didn't say it to me. But I heard it through the grapevine. Ooh, <laughs> just about to lose <laughs> Honey, honey, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I heard through the grapevine after I preached this, this verse, this man said, I am never going to confess my sins to anybody. Well, I can understand. He was a real sinner. <laughs> he was a real doozy. But the reality is, the Bible says if we bring things to the light... There's health. There's health. Satan's bondage is broken over us when we bring things to the light. Now, I'm not saying everybody that's sick is a sinner. I, I'm not saying that. But sometimes there is a connection, you know, and, and the enemy will take advantage of anything. You know, we, we could get, we could uh, have something natural or unnatural happened to us, and then the enemy will empower that. But the scripture says, if we, can, if we confess our faults one to another, we pray for one another, and we shall be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Do we have any righteous men in here? Thank you. Yes, we do. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses you from all sin. The scripture says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, that was the first part. Let me hurry up through the other part. 
So the confessing church just doesn't confess their faults. They have a confession of Christ. What do you mean we confess Christ? Well, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Do you want God to take notice of you? Talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the Lord. God will take notice of you. I mean, he's, I mean you're on his mind anyway, but Jesus said, I'm going to talk about you. I'm a, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. The latter part says if we deny him, he'll deny us. But we're a confessing church. Turn to somebody and say, you look like a confessor. You look like a confessor. Verse 13. Well, wait a minute. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word of God is, is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So the confessing church confesses Jesus as Lord. Well, I did that 30 years ago. I still confess Jesus as Lord. I sing songs about Jesus being Lord. You know, I just want, I want to remind me, I want to remind heaven, and I want to remind the devil who's my Lord. But he, say, he goes on to say, um, he says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God's raised him from the dead. Anybody here believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Well, first of all, anybody here believe that, believe that Jesus lived? Anybody here believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? Anybody here believe that he was dead for three days? Anybody here believe that Jesus rose again from the dead? Anybody here believe that Jesus was seen by over 500 people at one time? You know, that's kind of hard to, that's kind of hard to disprove when you have 500 witnesses that said, I saw Jesus alive after he was dead. And it was more than 500. Does anybody believe that Jesus ascended into heaven? Does anybody believe he's coming back? Hallelujah. So we believe all that. So Jesus said if you could, if you could believe that and you confess that, he says, um, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I not only think it, I say it. I say it. The confessing church. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you're calling, you are confessing. We also confess, the confessing church also confesses the word of God. The word of God. Have you ever been tempted? Have you ever been tempted? Yes. 
Well, Jesus was tempted, and the Bible says he had an answer every time he was tempted. The first temptation was he hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says he was hungry. Satan says, if you are the Son of God, well, you have to remember 40 days earlier when he was baptized by John, he came up out of the water The Spirit descended upon him. God spoke from heaven and said, You are my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Do you know that God calls you sons? The reason you're tempted is is Satan wants to get you to doubt that you are sons and daughters of the living God. If he can get you to doubt that, then he'll just pull you deeper and deeper. Not that you've lost relationship with the Father, but sometimes we lose fellowship because we're hiding from Him. We think He's going to get us. But uh, Jesus, when He was tempted, He said, uh, if you are the Son of God, command these these stones be bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. You know, sometimes all you have to do is say, it is written. And the enemy knows his power is broken. You get a thought or a temptation, it is written. All you have to do is say, it is written, I am a child of God. Because that's what he's trying to destroy in your life. He's trying to destroy your faith in God's love for you. So it is written, I am a child of God. Revelation 12 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies. And they love not their lives unto death. The bottom line is, if you, are, if you are fearful of sharing your testimony, or just speaking of Jesus, you're loving your life. You're loving your life. But if, but if, you, if you acknowledge, you don't have to go around like me and be a crazy preacher. But you're not going to back down. Are are you a Christian? Uh, Well, uh, go to church. No, that's not the answer. The answer is I am a Christian. I am a child of God. I acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior. The last point, almost, is uh, confession of praise. Confession of praise. Do you do do you open your mouth to praise? The Bible says God inhabits our praises. The Bible says out of the mouth of babes you have perfected strength. So even a babe that, that gives praise to God brings the presence and power of God into the situation. Psalm 100 verse 4 enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and enter his courts with praise. And when we do that, we know that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm just going to give you the title of the next point. The confession of the attributes of God. Who God is. Who who is God to you and who is the God of the Bible? Who is the God of the Bible? And lastly, 
Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Singing is also confession, the confessing church. The confessing church is the empowered church. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. If, I, if the, if the uh, darkness of depression comes my way, the way out is therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon your heads. You are anointed, therefore stir up the gift of God that is within you. Don't let your chili get burnt. Stir it up. If you keep stirring it, it isn't going to get stuck. Keep stirring it, the anointing is going to be there. Thank you, Father. So how many confessors do we have? Would you stand with me? I just want to lead us in a few confessions. Would you repeat after me? I confess, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I believe he died on the cross for my sin and that he rose again from the dead. I believe because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I am righteous with God. God has made me righteous. I receive the gift of righteousness. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The Bible says, when I confess my sin, he is faithful and just. To forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Therefore, because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I overcome in Jesus' name. There are so many things that God has promised us that if we would just rehearse them, even to ourselves, we would see God's power being released in us. And really, I believe the church a lot of times got together and said the confessions of Christ, and it brought such a revelation and power to the people of God. The only, thing, the only problem was is when we get into a routine or a mindset where we remove the power from it, but the Bible is not, but the Bible or the Word of God is full of power if we have faith in what God says. So, do we have any, uh, if I could have the healing team come up? <laughs>